Yeah, I did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've already started. Oh, so we've started. Yeah, yeah. So don't. Well, you uh, should really tell me those things. Yeah, no. Well, you, you should not be getting distracted. Oh, we're sitting down to snakes and ladders, man. When was the last time you played snakes and ladders? That's a long time ago, just to be 100% honest with you. The last time I think I played, oh, no, not Snakes and Ladders. It's a snake game that you had like on the old Nokia phones. Um, have you seen the new 3315s or whatever that, 3310s? Three, no. What's the, what's the 3310? Okay. <laughs> is I'm, that a I'm, 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 I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> You're making me mad right now. Uh, look at this. Uh, wavelengths ain't showing that much. I'm guessing it sounds okay. Yeah, well, what you got to do is actually talk into the microphone. i got to talk into this microphone. So if I'm looking at you, that's not really helping, is no. it? No. Okay. I can I'll sit over the other side if you want to. No, 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 it's all right. I'll just look at the screen. It just looks so much more interesting. Anyway, this is, a, this is enough of uh, the mumbo-jumbo crap. Uh, so this is our first podcast um, that we're doing together. Uh, I've done a few of these before uh, for real estate, but um, never really went anywhere. But I figured... Um, this would be a fairly good opportunity just to um, talk about some of the stuff that we've done so far in our short lives. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, everybody's always asking, you know, what's Dan been up to or, you know, what I've been up to. And I figured this is probably a, a pretty good opportunity to uh, just get it all out in the open. And Do I need to introduce myself? Or I, do I, yeah, well, yeah, go go right ahead. Go. Well, yep. I don't Who know. are you? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> no, so... Dan, Dan and myself have been uh, friends now for how many years? Well, I was saying 15 years. Yeah. But uh, my sister questioned that and said... She's in the room too, by the yeah, way. She's, she's just, in uh, the room. She's giving it those eyes. Uh, uh, 18. Oh, oh, 18. Okay. Yeah, right. I said 18. She said 15. Either way, it's more than a decade. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so it's a while. But, uh, and we, we, we pretty much started being mates at school and, um, had fairly similar ideas and, uh, yeah, we, and we both enjoyed the, the behind the scenes sort of work, although we never did any for the school that we were, that we were at, but yeah. So, uh, when you're talking about behind the scenes, Dan and I actually started becoming good mates after a, uh, a production that his mum produced, uh, for the PNF at school. So um, we did a lot of the, the backstage tech work stuff. and For anybody that's not Australian that may be listening to this, PNF is parents and friends. What do they call that? What do they call that in the States? I don't know what you call that. A gathering? <laughs> <laughs> Just a group of parents who get there and fundraise stuff. But yeah, anyway, so uh, when we left school, um, Dan and I ended up going to the States and worked over at a summer camp there for a little while. Um, and then... We did that for a year, and then the following year, Dan bailed on me, went to Vegas. Yeah, and that's uh, sort of Seb and I started to go our own different ways there. Seb uh, got really into sound there for a while, and uh, I ended up finding my way into uh, Cirque du Soleil there. For um, this, this is a cool story. Uh, let, let's let's talk about this because this is actually a cool story. So. Yeah, you went to let's let's take a few steps back. So you went to what was it called? S L I V or whatever it was? Yeah, Sil S L yeah, S I L V. Right, Stagecraft right. Institute of Las Vegas. Right. And so and that's where you basically learnt some So so wine back, uh my aunt said that she uh she knew a guy that worked for Disney. Um I sort of played said BS on that that sort of uh like how many of you know people that work for Disney, like properly work for Disney? 
And um, anyways, she introduced me to this guy named Brian Gale and um, he properly does work for, for Disney. Um, used to be an Imagineer and that sort of stuff. And then um, along through that, um, working with him and doing little bits, odd jobs here and there with him, uh, I got in connection with uh, a guy named Don Childs who has uh, since passed away, but he was the founder of Stagecraft Institute of Las Vegas. And um, he decided, they decided to take a risk on, uh, on me and uh, actually my sister as well. Uh, she she joined in for the for that just course. stop just stock standard Emma mate yeah. just can't can't just, miss out on all the fun and just tagged along for that and so we did uh, eight weeks uh, living in Las Vegas in this tiny little hotel room and um, you know I got to got to learn uh, what the entertainment industry is like over in the states there and um, you know you learn a little bit of rigging a little bit of lighting a little bit of sound. Um, what the production side of that sort of thing is. And through all that, I met a guy named Jason Duke who um, was the head carpenter on the Love production. And, uh, you know, we stayed in contact. I went back to doing freelance for for about six months, going up and down the coast of California doing freelance wherever, wherever I could get it. And uh, was driving through Las Vegas one evening and I needed a place to stay and... Uh, I called Jason Duke up to say, hey, mate, I'm driving through. Do you want to grab a burger or something just to eat? And he said he had a job. Had a job? So I was thinking it was like a, like, you know, a a bump in, bump out sort of job. But it was, uh, no, it was a contract for a temporary position. With uh, the love show for Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. So I did that for two years and then jumped on over to touring with... um, uh, Cirque du Soleil totem show, and I did that for about six years. Now we've had completely different stories, eh? I feel I feel like yours is kind of more the fairy tale. My man, okay. So, true true fact is that you know I had aimed to to go to Cirque for for quite a while. Like uh, after doing the Stagecraft Institute, I was like, man, this is so awesome. They're they're producing amazing shows with. Billions and billions of dollars worth of production value. And I was like, man, I, I just, I'd really want to get in on that. And so the Cirque has these things like um, gatherings where you go to like a job fair sort of deal. Um, and I did one of them and I met a guy named Terry and um, he was a lighting, head of lighting on a different show, um, one of the Vegas shows. I believe it was O. Um, anyways, he told me, look, mate, you, you got at least 10 years before you can uh, start working for Cirque du Soleil. At that stage, I was uh, had just turned 20. Um, and so I thought I had another 10 years of doing freelance, working gigs to get myself into Cirque du Soleil. And then Jason Duke sort of took a gamble on me and said, I'll hire you um, at the age of 20. And I, about a year into it, I didn't know what to do. Like I'd reached my goal, you know, 10 years prior to what I thought I would. <laughs> so, so I, I sort of was lost there for a little bit. Here I am still chasing the, chasing the dream. Just, just one world tour, mate. That's all I want, one world tour. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting to, um, you know, it's definitely who you know and not what you know. 
um, in a lot of cases. For sure. I mean, if you look at my resume or even now, um, I think, okay, I think I'm more qualified now than I was nine years ago. But when I first got hired, I didn't tick a single box of what it was to be a technician for Cirque du Soleil. Had, you know, I, I, there was no, no professional experience, um, no knowledge of what I was supposed to be doing or what I wasn't supposed to be doing. Didn't have a university degree. Still don't have a university degree. You don't need one of those, mate. Um, Emma's got one. I don't know why she got one of those. Just a piece of paper and a picture frame. But I I think it goes to show, like, the hardest thing was we had, uh, we had all these interns that come in from the States and I'm talking, you know, over in the States there, they spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to get an education. And, um... It was a little bit sad because they would come in. One of my roommates, uh, Dan, who's actually doing really well at the moment, but, um, you know, he had like a $100,000 debt um, after graduating uh, from university and he started in the same position I did. And I was going, well, sorry, bro, I don't have any debt. (laughs) It's it's, it's funny you say that because um, I remember I started a TAFE course and, um, Did you complete that? Nope. I uh, I got about halfway through and got off at a gig with a uh, with a, a cover band on the Gold Coast, um, doing a lot of corporate stuff and pub stuff. So I ended up doing that, and uh, that involved a, a lot of late nights and probably more alcohol than I probably should have consumed. So I ended up starting to turn up late to to tape. <laughs> it's a bit hard, mate. When you finish at three o'clock in the morning, you got to be there on site at like eight o'clock to start oh, school. And the like, camaraderie there, you can't just bump out and then that be it. You know, you got to bump out and then. You've just worked, you know, a good couple of hours, uh, hard hours actually, with a bunch of dudes. You, you've got to have a drink or two with them. That's I it. Think, that's anyways. it. Oh, mate, for sure, for sure. But um, yeah, so and that's actually how I got my start, really, um, because I remember after come back to Australia, um, I went home for about a month and decided to move to the Gold Coast. And uh, I was fortunate um, in that. I started working for a company that was run um, by a family member. Um, not that uh, that made my life any easier. The only real favour I got there was... Uh, you got hired. I got hired. That was it. I, I was still on the bottom it, of the ladder. It's, it's, had it's to do who it. you know, not what you know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, um, but I really, I really wanted to, uh, to get in and, and do some sound. But um, I, asked, I asked my boss, John... Um, if he knew anybody who was hiring or whatever, and he ended up um, dropping me, he actually took me around to a few places and introduced me to some people. Um, and they obviously had my resume and all that sort of stuff. Never never got a call back, not one, not enough experience, none of that sort of stuff. So uh, they didn't want me. So I ended up doing chair covers for a long time, lots yeah, and lots uh, of chair covers. I, I don't think when, when you're getting into the entertainment industry, I don't think people realise exactly, you know, you see the big the big rigs and you see the... The, the whole setups of the stages and everything like that. And you're like, man, that, that's exactly, oh, I'm going to be doing that. And, uh, I mean, for my first year or even to my last year actually there with Cirque, I, I was still had to get go to work every day and mop a stage. So. Oh, there's still, uh, mate, there's still jobs at the moment. Like, mate, I've, every, every afternoon when we go to close the shop where I am now, I've got to sweep the floor. I, I, I felt like you a glorified you janitor, get... you know, when people ask me, what's your job? And I was like, oh, I was assistant head of carpentry. I tell you. Uh, and what I really feel like saying is, well, I'm a glorified janitor that uh, 
gets paid a little bit better. So, I mean, the, the, the work that I do is a little bit different to yours in that um, we're pretty run and gun. Like we, we set up a show, you know, sometimes on the day of the show and then it's done, dusted out and we move straight on to the next one. Like a completely different show. It's not a touring show. It's not the same thing. It's not like a system that gets set up and you just rinse and repeat like a touring act or, or even for you guys where you, you set up and then you're in a certain spot for a couple of weeks and then you pack it down and, you know, the system's in place. Everything for us is always different. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, coming back, I think that's a, a, a big point to note right there is that, so Seb and I have had two different things. I've had the corporate world of, of, you know, large entertainment, you, you know, you bring in a million, million dollars a night if, uh, well, a million dollars a show uh, is sort of what you're bringing in there. And then Seb's has been, a, correct me if I'm wrong here, bro, but a little bit smaller but a lot more intense is what I would say. Like I, I came back, um, you know, to Australia here to, to see what he's working on and stuff like that and, you know, in my world, if you didn't have it, you pay for it. You know, you, you, you don't, um, you, you have some of the best equipment at, at your hand. And if you don't, you know, if it breaks down or breaks or whatnot, you, you, you just, you get a technician in to come and fix it or you, you go and buy it. Of course you have to do a lot of stuff yourself, but you know, there's a lot more money there that you can chuck out to, to, to get some hands, um, in to help fix it where when I was watching what Seb was doing and, and seeing the experience that he's had, I think yours is almost better than mine actually for because you've had to to deal when the stuff breaks and no one's going to come bail you out. That's on you. Yeah, more often than not, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – I mean you jumped on a on a show that um, I did the other day. Um, oh, and that was a – Mate, honestly, one of the worst <laughs> shows. Show. Yeah, worst shows I think um, I've, I've ever ever done. Um, and like, so we we supplied all all the um, the extra lighting uh, apart from the generic fixtures that were uh, already in this particular theatre. Um, and we didn't supply any audio; it was all all supplied in house. And uh, we were we got through rehearsals, everything working perfectly fine, and then. Um, Soon as uh, soon as the show start, we started running into issues, and we didn't just run into one. I think we must have had about fifteen separate issues, um, all happening all at the same time. And um, we're, we're talking stuff that you wouldn't normally see, uh, where we had two laptops go down, uh, an iPad go down, and you know we we were struggling at that point. Mate, losing, on, losing on, some on what, what what do we do for for playback? Um, you know, we we just we didn't have anything left, and we, it yeah, it was a, it was a challenging one that one. That was yep, because the show must go on, but you know when something goes wrong, you got multiple people yelling in your ear on <laughs> fix it. <laughs> and and I said, like, I uh, sent you, I sent you into the fiery pits of hell too, and I'm like, oh, you better go and talk to talk to the organizer and tell him we need to do this. And uh, yeah, you got chewed out for that. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm glad I didn't have to go and do that. Uh, I figured you were working on some solution. Yeah. Oh, look, I was, I was trying. I definitely was trying. So, but. so, what would you recommend? Because so, we've had two different experiences here. But um, starting off, like you're, you're, you know, for anybody that's listening to this and wants to get into the entertainment industry, uh, what are your recommendations? Oh, mate, you've got to. 
Uh, and and I want to touch on this earlier. I, I think for us, the reason why we've been able to progress you know, as fast and as far as we have um, in in realistically a short period of time, because you know, you look at I actually had three years off, so I've only really been doing this for for ten years on and off. Um, but still, you know, um, I progressed fairly quickly out well, of necessity. Well, you came back. You know, you took three years off, and then you came back, and you know. That's that's important to mention. There is that you took three years off, but you've come back into the industry and, you, and you've gone further in a shorter amount of time since you've come back. Yeah, would, would that be fair to say? Oh, most definitely. And I, I think that it's got a lot to do with the fact that um, uh, I knew what I was in for, and I, you know, and and you know how to work. And that's that's the biggest thing. If you're going to get into this industry, it's just you have to work. Um, and you can learn the job. I can tell you right now, um, even from my experiences, I don't like teaching people how to work. I like teaching them the job, but I don't like teaching them how they need to work. And, you know, by that we're talking, you know, turning up, uh, you know, on site and just putting in the solid hours. So I, I'd say for that, what you're, what you're trying to get at is turning up ready to go. So Most definitely. A, a, as a, you know, technician, find out when, when you get your job, Find out how, how they want you dressed. I mean, we had a guy who, well, Dan actually, um, the the technician that, that I roomed with for a while, but um, his first day at work, he showed up in, you know, a blue blue shorts and a white T-shirt. No, and, no. Um, no, no. And, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm ready to work. Well, we, we had to run shows, mate. So I need you in all black. Um, now, luckily for us, we have jumpsuits, black jumpsuits that we had on storage for when we have special guests that come back and when we have media and that sort of stuff. But, you know, it was not a great first impression for a guy who just got a university degree and everything like that. To, you, oh. you gotta, you gotta show, show up and show up early too. Don't, don't show up when, you know, if it's, you gotta be there at five. Don't show up at five. Show up 10 minutes early, ready to go so that, you know, I they know you're keen. The other thing too is, um, you know, um, people who go to university or, or have all this formal training understand that you've been taught by, you know, a handful of people how to do this job. And there are um, hundreds and hundreds of other ways to skin that cat. So uh, that's something I've noticed is when these guys come out of uni and they come onto a job site. Um, some of them, not all of them, but some of them sort of go, that's not how you do it. It needs to get done this way and rah, rah, rah. And I just feel like going, well, mate, well, you, you, what you need to understand is that there's a thousand ways to skin this cat and this is the way that we're doing it today for, you know, X, Y, Z. Oh, well, for, um, for the same example, so I've been, you know, I, I don't have that degree, but ask, ask that question. Don't be afraid to ask that question before you get into it because I was – after the show that Seb was talking about the other day that we both worked on, we went to bump that out. And, uh, you know, I went to the way that I know how to bump out fixtures. And, you know, I just put them in the road case, packed up the cables, whatnot. And um, for for the organiser, like Seb's work and for what he's doing and everything, they have a different system and a different protocol because they find that's the best way that they work. So we had to pull the lights back out, re-plug them in, readdress them to what, what it needed to be for the next gig, and um, which makes sense and it works and whatnot, but I didn't, uh, I didn't stop to ask those questions. I just jumped in and did it. Um, 
And so even when you're, you know, 10 years in the game, you, you still need to stop and ask those questions. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, yeah, so it's um, it's definitely a, a, a fun game. I'd say it's more of a lifestyle choice. Um, if you do want to get into it, it is a, a lifestyle choice. And I say it's a lifestyle choice because I had, um, you know, before I started getting right into it, I had a lot of friends that I used to hang out with on the on the regularly, on the regularly, as my mate Adam says. <laughs> um, but, you know, they stopped inviting me and stuff because I couldn't go because, you know, I was off doing doing shows and stuff. Like yeah. you, you lose you lose a lot of stuff, don't you? you? You do, but you do it because, you know, we, we like it. It's... I think the thing that I get out of gigs is that when it's done and dusted and in the truck and on the way back to the shop, that you know that you're responsible for, you know, all those people having an amazing night or, or you know, an amazing yeah, event. Yeah, being or proud whatever. of what you've done. Um, and, you know, you, I, I, I really enjoy when, you know, a client comes up and goes, mate, you guys just absolutely crushed it. Like that was, you know, amazing. More often well, than not, I hear that a lot now, uh, which is which is good. And you know, I'm surprised. That's just come through 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 experiences that you know. You, obviously, you get better and better. You start to hear it more and more often, but it never gets old. It never well, gets old uh, to hear now, that you've I, done a good job. Okay, so so that that surprises me. There. Not that I'm saying that, you know, that you don't get praised, but back. Well, you work directly with your client, so that that's a different part. Like for myself, I never worked with the client, but one of the toughest things and one of the things that I struggled with was that. When I did my best day of work, no one would know that anything happened. Um, it, the show would run smoothly. It was gone as, you know, no one would have noticed anything. Yeah, we could have had power issues. We could have had, um, you know, staging issues. We could have had uh, automation, hydraulic issues, those sort of things. And, you know, on the cusp, you have to fix it. You have to go. You're always going. And you finish your day where you're about to collapse off, off your feet and, you know, someone will come up to you and say, well, what have you been doing all day? <laughs> That's the uh, best. Uh, I, and, I, I do that just uh, to wind people up too. And, and <laughs> you know, you got to, yeah, you just got to accept it. You're just like, oh, okay, awesome. That's uh, that's how it is. But you got to you got to have self-pride in what you're doing. Oh, for sure. And, and thick skin. Self-pride and thick skin, that'll get you far. Yeah. And also don't. This is this is the annoying thing that I find um, as you get along or further along in the industry, people start to just cop out. So it's like, oh yeah, that'll do. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, run that gaff tape um, along the floor there because we have to bump it out, you know, in a couple of hours. And you know, even though it's a trip hazard, when it <laughs> look, no, about maybe three people are gonna walk through there. I'm not, I'm just not gonna do it. You, you, um, that actually really grinds my gears because I have uh, worked with people who do that, and it's just like I, I mate, get the feeling this is I, our job. I, our job is I, to do this. That's what we get paid to do. Like you know, I know that feeling. I've been there. Trust me, I've been there. But uh, it, I tell you what, it pays off at the end of the day when you've done it right, and and you know you've done it right, and you, you know, because I, it, what really knocks me is when you know we we had a situation where. Uh, Someone wanted to put a control, didn't want to put the control box up on the, um, up on the rack. So they just put it down on the floor. Um, and we're only there for, we're on one of the late night shows. Uh, and, uh, of course what happened, uh, a bathroom flooded just around the corner and, and water got into that control box and we're, you know, about a minute from going live on live TV on a late night show in the States there and. We're, we're trying to refine a, a new control box there and 
uh, actually we had a, had a fella that, you know, quickly, quickly made one up with just a bunch of spare parts that we had there. But geez Louise, you know, just taking those extra two minutes to, to put them up on the rack there would have, would have saved us a hell of a nightmare. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's all the little things, mate. It's all the little things that, uh, all add together to make sure that things just happen the way they're supposed to happen. Oh, I'd like to just add one more point. I don't know if we're about to wrap up. I feel like we are, but... We're getting pretty close, man. Um, one, one thing that I'd like to add to anybody that's starting, um, just from my points of view, um, if you're brand new or it, it, to the job or to the industry or whatnot, you don't need to prove how much you know. Oh, you just need to yes. do the job. Just do so, the job. So, like, we had this kid, great kid, but... um. He uh, he liked to tell everybody that, you know, we're doing it wrong. It was whatever. Um, and I turned around to him and I said, man, I will, if you don't start doing the job that I'm asking you to do, I don't care how qualified you are. I don't care if you're the president's kid. I will walk you out gate one, which means that I will fire you because all I'm asking you to do is to mop a stage. And through all of your university degrees, if you can't mop a stage properly, then you're useless to me because I need you to do this and that's what I'm paying you to do. So, so, so it's a team effort. Yeah. If, if you work in a union house, fair enough, you, you can, you know. You, Fortunately, you, we don't have those in Australia. Yeah. It, but in the States, I got in a lot of trouble in the States because I'm not a union guy. I believe that everybody chips in and once the job's done, the job's done. Um, but in the States, they don't see it that way. They believe everybody needs to do their own thing and they're taking away other people's jobs. Yeah, you can see I'm a real big fan of these union houses. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if you're union, okay, fair enough. But if you're not union, just do your job. Do, do, you know, do what the guy asks you, your boss asks you to do. Don't complain. Get into it. Ask the questions that you need to ask, and um, have fun though. You you got to have fun I, with it because it, it's a job where you know when you're smashing out a you know an eighteen hour day, you start to get towards the end. It gets a bit tired, and you know you, you deal with these people every day, like all your your coworkers and stuff. They almost become uh, become your your family. So if you're not having fun while you're doing it, it's going to, you're going to have a very short and life, life expectancy in the industry. Yeah, and don't be afraid to ask those questions. You know, we had a just a quick story. We had a um, uh, I actually I'll tell I'll tell a story of my own. I'm changing the story now, but um, a thing that I had uh, I had this uh, little bungee, and we had these chain motors that were hooked up that go on a beaner, and um, they get delivered to to a um, to the artist down, and I, uh, for whatever reason, I did not put this bungee. The bungee is there to hold the carabiner in place, um, so that the artist can quickly and easily clip themselves on. And for whatever reason, I clipped the bungee and the chains um, together. So that meant that we had four chain motors hanging off one little bungee, um, and I'd forgot to ask the question for someone to double check my work. Uh, and no one thought to double check my work because I'd been doing it for for years and whatnot. And uh, we got into the show and we realised as the chains are coming up that it's being held on by this one bungee, uh, these four chain motors. Oh, God. And um, 
you know, we got there in time and, you know, everything was okay. But it was a very big reminder to myself and the rest of the team that, look, we have these protocols where check your, check your work, particularly if you haven't done something in a long time. I hadn't done that in a long time and I just, I buggered it up. Um, and I knew it as moment, the moment I saw it, but when I did it, I didn't think I'd buggered it up. Um, so, you know, just pay attention, ask those questions, make sure that you're, you're, you're looking out for yourself and your, uh, and your fellow coworkers because yep. you don't want to, you don't want to electrocute somebody or. Mate, I'd tell you, there's, there's an extremely fun industry to be in, um, but you've got to, you know, unfortunately it's very heavily based around doing your dues and um but once you get there and you you start to have a lot of fun with it you you really enjoy it so righto i think that's uh that's it for uh, for this one that was a long one eh yeah uh, i don't even know how long that was okay long cool. enough. Oh, you banjo, get out.